Hey, dear listener, Joshua here with a plug for our Patreon. Becoming a Fright School patron will give you the opportunity for exclusive access to bonus content, including videos, our secret show, book club, and even monthly online hangouts with us. That's right. We've been hard at work preparing all of this exciting content for you, including our brand new secret show, The After Fright School Special. Joe finally gets his revenge by making me watch his favorite films. Some of them will even be gag family friendly. We have four different monthly memberships available. The PTA Booster Club at a dollar, Just Auditing at five dollars, Full Time Load at ten dollars, and the Faculty Lounge at twenty dollars. Every bid helps us keep Fright School going, and we are so grateful for any and all of your support. Join us over at Patreon.com/slash/FrightSchool. The class you never want to miss just got better. <laughs> Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Oh my gosh. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Joshua. Good morning, Joshua. Lord of mercy. Uh, yes, dear, dear listener and viewers, um, listeners and viewers, or listener and viewer. <laughs> <laughs> we um, we interrupt our regularly scheduled uh, schedule uh, by getting up very early to do today's episode because I am traveling and... Uh, Joe has graciously, graciously agreed to get this one episode, uh, you know, recorded and in the can before I am abroad. Yes. I mean, you're already, you're already abroad, but you know, <laughs> you're, oh, one, you're one hell of abroad. Wouldn't that be awesome? I want to be abroad like Patty Lapone plays and things, you know, like that's a, that's, she's, she does a great broad, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I she it. is a great broad. I mean, she is, you know, um, I could totally I, see you on a red carpet saying, cause I hate the motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> That would be me. Um, yeah. Also, if uh, on today's episode, you hear uh, stuff going on in the background noise on my end, we've got, we're just in the middle of hella projects. It's such, we are the most brilliant people alive because we say, Hey, let's do a last minute trip to London. Right. Okay. First of all, brilliant idea. Number one, last minute, um, making it impossible to get like, you know, good accommodations anywhere. Uh, so we'll do this last minute. And then on top of it, let's completely re-landscape the front yard, like at the same time. <laughs> so uh, you two yeah. are you two are absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And then on top of it, it's like there's so many issues. Like we are the worst people for our house repair stuff, home improvement, I guess they call it. Um, we have the worst luck. It's like everything that goes wrong can go wrong. You know, you schedule stuff that doesn't come, which I mean, I know part of it's also like, you know, COVID and supply chain. At least that's what everybody says. Buzzwords, hashtag supply chain. Um, but it was always that way. That was adorable. <laughs> I, I like everyone should go out and subscribe so they could get the video footage to see the just <laughs> the little like jaunty motion you just did for hashtag supply chain. <laughs> uh, anyways, but the point is, is that every time we've tried to do something like we didn't have like a front door, like a front outer door for months because that like all we tried to do was go and get a screen door. You remember like it was uh-huh. just a nightmare. Well, they I remember the because doors, they sent them to the wrong places. They sent them, you know, sent them again to the wrong places. They I remember because I broke that wrong. screen door. <laughs> That is true. You and uh, you and another friend of ours both both walk through a door. So now we have one you can't unless you try. You got to try really, really hard to walk through that one. So what's going on? What's going on with uh, is your project going to be done? Is the landscaping going to be done before you leave? We're hoping so. They came out. First of all, we don't know shit about anything. So um, they 
so we had grass. We live in California. We just kind of let it all die because water, it's crazy. Obviously, you know, we're all going to be living on a desert planet any second, um, killing each other over water. That'll be fun. Um, instead of, uh, you know, gasoline. Uh, so we're like, we need to do something that's more sustainable and looks better. Cause it just, it, it just, you know, everything's died. It's just looks awful. So we had it all like ripped out. Um, and dug down and all this kind of stuff. And then they're going to, they put in rocks and like, you know, big, like kind of um, low water plants, you know, uh-huh. you know, we have that um, bird of paradise, like birds of paradise plant, whatever, right by the front door. When you come in, like yeah. we never water that thing. Like, I think sometimes we might just spit on it like, and it just, <laughs> it just grows. So we put a bunch of those in that don't take a lot of water. Um, you know, we put in like succulent type things, cactus type things. Um but anyways, so they put down this like weird barrier, a weed barrier that looks like a trash bag. Um, and then we had it filled with rocks, but of course not enough rocks. So <laughs> the front yard literally looks so trashy right now. So they're coming this morning with a ton of more rocks to like fill in everything. And they're putting in like a border and doing all kinds of stuff. So anyways, my point is, is that it was pretty loud the other day. I think it will be okay in here. Um, although again, somebody was playing a jukebox really loud, or not a jukebox. What the hell am I? T- they just carrying a jukebox around boom box, um, playing it really loud up front while they were working and you could hear it in here. So let's hope that it all just works out. But anyways, among that, we also got other things going on in the house, like as we prepare to, to, to leave. So apologies for, uh, any crazy noises you hear, but you know, you should be used to crazy noises. Joe talks on this show. So <laughs> uh, let's see what did i watch this week oh you know what i watched it i don't know if i can recommend it or not i mean oh. I, I i was enjoying the show to a certain degree but also like wow this is really fucked up but um it's on apple tv it's called physical with rose Byrne. yeah yeah is that yeah. her name yeah, yeah rose Byrne. Did you watch that? No, but I know the show. It's like uh it's uh 80s fitness something. Exactly. Yeah, she's like a housewife kind of and like her husband was a professor and then he decides to run for office after getting fired. I don't think that's a uh, big spoiler that happens within the first, you know, 20 minutes of the show. Um and she like discovers aerobics and gets a job teaching. And then eventually, yeah, I think the idea is that she's become some giant magnet a la Jane Fonda, you know, workout mm. videos. Um, but it's just a really interesting look at somebody like, well, I, I think the writer um, suffered from, you know, content warning, eating disorder conversation, um, anti anti-body conversation. Uh so I think she wrote it to kind of, to, so it would feel very, so it's very, it's like Dexter, you know, I, I I don't know why I say that every time something's narrated, but that's how I feel. Um, It reminds me of Dexter because of the way she responds to things in her head. So it's like, you know, she's always got like a role in, like somebody says something, she's hyper-focused on like her own body and other people's bodies. Uh, so she's constantly insulting people in her head. Um, or talking about their bodies or that, or, you know, they look gross or hers. I mean, it's a constant thing. Every time she picks something up, she starts screaming at herself that she's, you know, a fat fuck. Meanwhile, she's like a ballet, a previous ballet dancer and like doing this aerobic stuff. She's like, obviously it's Rose Byrne. She looks like a fucking stick, um, which is, is the point. Obviously people with eating disorders, people with body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. they don't, you know, see themselves that way you know they don't see it like the reality of their bodies um but so it's a really weird show because it like it's supposed to be funny and there are there is a lot of stuff that's funny about it um it's also you know very dramatic she's dealing with a very like serious she uh she's binges and purges so her like knuckles are all raw you know it's very like Mm -hmm. real you know but also really like mean like to herself and, but I'm also like that, you know, that's probably pretty true. You know, like when I think of people who I've met, who I think have eating disorders, not only do they, you know, again, this anecdotal, um, but the people in my life, it's like, not only do they talk about themselves, but they talk about you as well, you know, and they project all of that onto other people. So it's, um, I don't know, it's very real. 
feeling a little maybe too close but <laughs> so with that content warning everybody acts in it really great like rose Byrne, i think is awesome uh the woman bunny who is the aerobics professor that she kind of basically sort of steals everything from it, we don't really know her background yet but she's like either iranian or iraq but like trying to make it in america you know she's like left her family and dyed her hair blonde and probably iranian so there's no um, I, I think I'm not sure that again, they haven't really explored her story too much, just little bits of hints. Um, maybe Persian, which I guess is Iranian. I mean, Iran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, because it's 80, it's like 1981 is when it's set. So I, anyways, I watched that this week. That was very interesting. Um, also speaking of liars watched, um, I love that for you. Uh, or at least I'm caught up on it. I you were watching that, right? Yeah. What did you think? Um, it's funny. Uh, Jennifer Lewis is great. I. It's very uncomfortable to watch again, much like physical, where it's like it's it's a really funny premise. Like, in, you know, there's funny things about it, but like the base is like most comedy is really super dark you know this woman pretending she has cancer so she can be on the home shopping network um or whatever they call it shopping shopping value network or whatever special value network <laughs> special value network thank you uh, i've got to rely on your young brain <laughs> uh so yeah i i look forward to seeing where it, it ends i watched the i i don't know if it was the last episode of the one before but like ryan philippe philippe showed up and like screamed at her and then it ended <laughs> that's like, well, the that uh, that's the penultimate episode so the next one's okay. the finale okay they haven't been picked up officially for season two um but like jennifer lewis is great molly shannon is great yeah um matt rogers who plays darcy is really great takes the like gay assistant thing to a whole new level oh, um yeah. that whole thing like with the bag about like the discourse is toxic. Just like the writing on the show is amazing. Oh yeah. What he's practicing in the, yeah. With the $15,000 bag to like jump into and be like interesting and smart in a conversation. Yeah. The discourse that, that was is delightful. toxic. The discourse. Well, don't you think that discourse is toxic? <laughs> <laughs> and Vanessa Bear does like uncomfortable like that's mm-hmm. her brand. Like she does very yeah. much the uncomfortable stuff. Um, yeah. So we'll see how it all progresses. Uh, I watched um, the reason why I feel like a zombie today is um, I watched uh, a late showing last night of Jurassic World Dominion. Oh Lord. <laughs> Was it as bad as everybody's saying it is or did you enjoy it? Or are you wrong? Joe, you muted yourself. I am muted. I did mute myself. <laughs> I was just like fully talking to myself. Um, no, I I don't know what people are saying about it. And that's probably good for me to not pay attention to those people. Of but, course, yeah. But like it was, I I actually really liked it. Like I, okay. I thought that they... I mean, like thinking about thinking at looking at the film from like 3,000, uh, 30,000 feet, it's like, okay, they did this whole thing in the early days of most of this during the early days of lockdown, right? And so to me, it's like, okay, at what point were the stuff that they filmed prior to lockdown? At what point is the stuff that they filmed after? Like, I want to know the story of how the film was made, mainly from like that, because like they, the Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern, like were on Instagram intermittently in the early days of lockdown, basically like singing and giving people words of encouragement. And that really helped me. And so I felt like, you know, I, and I also like, you know, I was a fan of Jurassic Park as a kid. So I feel like seeing this film is going to be a, um, it'll just be a nice button on that whole like life experience. Nice. Uh, the, we, I saw it in the, in Dolby. So at night, nine 45 at night in Dolby and it was a loud, it was so loud. Um, and the speakers are in your ears and it rumbles a little bit. So um, definitely was awake the entire time, but it was just like a whole thing. 
So, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what people are saying about it. I'll probably read up stuff later, but I, I imagine that people are like meh about it because it was, it, it was an interesting way to kind of bring the two, the legacy cast and the, you know, the current cast together. I also think that that like, that's different from what we're seeing. I mean, if you think about the five cream, um, you know, the five cream <laughs> right. discourse, right. About right. Like mm-hmm. legacy casting and rebooting, but sort of rebooting, but not, this was like the opposite of that is like, they brought them all together to officially end it. <laughs> but, but they also too, and that's the other interesting thing is that they, they may have officially ended this story, but there's plenty of ways that it could continue for like another three or four movies. Oh yeah. And they'll find a way. Okay. Uh, yeah. You life know, finds a way life finds a way. There you go. Um, yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where like, I feel like people just see like a movie title or see what a movie is about and immediately go ahead and just write negative stuff because it's like, you know, I saw it was like, um, you know, these dinosaurs should stay extinct, you know, like it's that kind of, like those sorts of titles I've seen regarding the film, um, you know, other puns on dinosaurs and things like that, just to make it, you know, just to be negative, just to, to hate on stuff. It just writes itself. You know, I think we've talked about that on the show before where it's like, sometimes it feels like maybe it's not really that bad. It's just, it offered the opportunity to make a really good pun or a really good, like negative headline. So you just write that instead. And then of course it gets shared and a millions of people love it. Cause people we love, like we've said before, hum- if humans don't love anything more than getting together to collectively hate something, I don't know like what, you know, what is love? Uh- <laughs> got to do, it's got to do with it. It's got to do with it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I will see it. Um, I don't want to get too far in the weeds with the Jurassic Park conversation because of reasons, <laughs> obviously. So, uh, we'll, we'll swing back and have this conversation at a later date, possibly, maybe, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, what else has been going on? Oh, you know, I did watch Predator for the first time. I'd never seen that film. I've mm. seen bits and pieces of it. I had no idea. It was so funny. I was watching it with Jeffrey last night. And um, there's a part where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, like, arm wrestle or whatever. They, like, grab each other's arms, you know? And it's, like, the red shirt and the white sh- whatever. It's, like, a meme, mm-hmm. you know? They're, like, fists together. And yeah. that I've seen a million times. I had no idea that that's what it was from. Like I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that meme. And I stopped it. And I was ex- trying to explain it to Jeffrey, like what it was. So uh, yeah, that was fun. I, you know, I, again, I probably shouldn't get too much into it. Cause I think predator would be a really good um, fright school pick just because there's a lot of, you know, uh, masculinity on display in that film. A lot of lettuce, a lot of greenery. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a lot going on in that uh, movie. That could actually be a really good conversation. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I did enjoy it though. I'd never seen it before. So have you seen Predator before? No. Well, perfect. Then definitely. Yeah. Then that would be a good uh, fright school pick. So maybe in the future we'll, we'll do Predator. What do you think, dear listener? You a Predator fan? You want to hear our hot take on Predator? Well, on did you the, say, uh, did you say uh, that there's a, you saw, I saw that you posted that you watched it for the first time, but that's because it's, there's a prequel coming out called Prey. Yes, set 300 years ago in like the Comanche. Is that how you say it? Comanche. It's like a Comanche tribe who's being hunted. And so they have to like fight back. But it's like 300 years ago or something or 400 years or 3000 years. I don't know something. It's in the past uh, with um, native indigenous like tribal people fighting the predator, which I'm like, that sounds really interesting to me. And I've never been like, again, I never seen the first predator film until, you know, just a few hours ago, literally. Um, and, but I had seen like, uh, alien versus predator because of alien, you know, I will watch anything with the alien stuff. So I did watch AVP, AVP. Um, and 
I don't know. I, I never really cared for the Predator. I mean, the design is cool. You know, it's like mandibles opening up, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. I don't know what my point was. I was just wanting to say that, that that I did do that. I did watch that for the first time. So we'll circle back again. We got okay. There's a lot of like stick a pin in this. We'll talk about it eventually. Um, um, I know I had a point. It's just it is super early. I don't know how people like some of our friends that we love very dearly, you know, get up and they like record their podcast, you know, up, you know, 50 episodes in a day. I don't know how they do it. They got to start early. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get a text as to how they make it work. <laughs> signaling, yeah. signaling for the people out there. <laughs> um, speaking of Native people, I watched uh, the second season of Rutherford Falls on Peacock. Um, oh. are, are you familiar with Rutherford Falls? No, I am not. It's a, I actually think you might like it. It's a, um, it's a comedy, a sitcom on Peacock, a Peacock original. And it's about um, this man, Nathan Rutherford, who is the last descendant of the man who founded a town called Rutherford Falls. And he's very into his, like, you know, history and his family history. And um, his best friend is a woman named Regan, who is a native woman. Um, who is a part of the uh, fictional, I'm assuming fictional because I looked it up and I couldn't find anything real, uh, fictional Minishanka Nation. And the whole series, and I might have talked about this uh, last time, but the whole series is like a, it's a, it's about, like the first season is about whose history matters and whose history is the one that's protected. And it's like, completely asinine and absurd to watch like this white man basically talk about, Oh, like, Oh my God, my ancestors and my rich and deep history to like a native woman. (laughs) And there's all, there's like the first season is, is one of my like favorite seasons of television for just kind of how they set that all up. So in the season two, they kind of, it's all, everyone's dealing with the aftermath of the first season but they also start talking more about like what I'm assuming are very specific um, things to like an indigenous native American experience in the United States. So talking about like what it means to like have land and like the rivalries between the different nations and how, you know, the, this idea of like colonization it influences everything, including how they deal with each other. And I, I, I'm curious to see, uh, because, you know, I don't know, um, I don't many, I don't know, I don't think I know anyone personally who is like identified as native, like from a reservation. Um, So it was interesting to like watch this uh, watch the show and be really like, um, uh, in, and, and have humor that like, I know is probably not for me or that it's very specific to, um, native people. And is your house full of birds? What's happening? Well, I mean, there are, the window is open cause it's hot. Okay. So, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> like what is going on? It sounds like bird. I'm worried about the cats and noise of my house and you got a whole fucking aviary from knife plus heart moved into your room. This is where I put my like, you know, as evidence by your my background. Club. Yes, right. Uh, uh, anyways, club. that that actually sounds really interesting. So it's like a drama. It's a comedy. It's, it's a comedy. Horror. No, it's 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 a, it's a full comedy. I knew it's, it wasn't going to be horror. It's like, um, I mean, I've never seen, I've never seen Parks and Rec, but it's got that kind of like NBC comedy feel. Okay. Um, but it's not like it's not like Parts and Rec or The Office where there's narration, you know, right, or, or like, like mockumentary kind of. No, thing. it's definitely like played like like a real comedy. But like, there's native people in it. Like, there's the one of the actually it's the lead guy from um, Blood Quantum. <laughs> he plays the the kind of he plays the executive director of the casino. <laughs> of and cool. he's and he's not like he's like everyone treats him like he's the head of the tribe but he's very much not the head of the tribe yeah. he just happens to be the most prominent figure and so it's him like it's interesting to see him and how like he thinks about the nation the Minishanka nation the entire like in everything that he does but he's also like 
a capitalist with a capital C. And seeing how he reconciles that's really interesting. Wow, the birds are really out here. <laughs> they are serving it. They are out there just putting it on a full show. Lucky you yeah. better throw some dollars to them. Yeah, they are they are squawking the house down boots. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, squawking us. But I, I think uh, you'd like it. it it's something yeah, worth downloading. Check it out. Um downloading for the plane, Joshua. I have a lot of downloading for the plane uh watching for you. There we go. There we go. I've actually already downloaded everything to the plane. I probably will be reading a lot uh, and working on uh, Freight School stuff like the Freight School newsletter, which you can uh, subscribe to. Uh, I've been writing the next uh, one. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. Thank you for the rec. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I I will definitely have to check it out. Um, All right. That's probably a good place to stop. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, 2021's The Retreat. Look at us. I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid. And I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I'm so sorry for everything that has happened because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. I'm going to die out here. Joshua, is that you? All right, welcome back. Oh my gosh, Joe, another Pride Month come and gone. You know, we're wrapping it up today. Um, <laughs> this, the birds are cracking me up. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's perfect with the background that I. Have I know exactly. Like it. it all it's all working. I'm not. I'm not against it. Um, you know, I think. I think it's. It, it yeah. You you're going full out with the mm-hmm. uh we're bringing people in this is now a multimedia 3d experience, experience. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um i love that like i don't know which one of the cats is there but the the cat behind you is how i feel uh, yeah. <laughs> just like upright but like eyes closed <laughs> yeah that's hemlock this it's easier i think to let him just sit there and then he's kind of a uh, you know he's a presence people can see him because people like him you know more than us probably so it's fun to have him just under control, you know, being quiet. Mm -hmm. Unlike your fucking birds. Um, All right. So 2021. I don't control the birds, Joshua. I don't (laughs) control them. Yeah. You say that. Um, Anyways, Canadian uh, slasher, I guess that kind of a slasher film. I don't know if I'd exactly call it. Uh, qualify it well i guess maybe uh directed by pat mills written by allison richards who i believe is a lesbian woman um at least in the interviews i i've read with her she was talking about representation and writing you know um you're writing our own stories so i imagine she's on the spectrum somewhere um and then starring i didn't i recognize the one guy is it aaron ashmore uh yeah who was on smallville and um some other things uh i did i did recognize him what did you what do you know him from well he's a he's an identical twin his brother jake ashmore Uh, is iceman in the original x-men films 
Sean Ashmore. Oh, Sean Ashmore. Yes, Sean Ashmore. I'm sorry. That's right. You know, when he first came on, I kept thinking of, I, I didn't know he was a twin. I'm, you know, I, I, I was thinking that that's who he reminded me of, but I was like, no, I think that's someone else. Uh, anyway, well, but, you were correct and wrong. Um, he is right. someone else, and he <laughs> <Right>. is. <a> <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Aaron Ashmore, he was the only person I really recognized immediately uh, in this cast. Otherwise, we've got um, the what the heck? Sorry, messing up my uh, thing here. Uh, Rosie Sutherland, Selena Sindin, Monroe Chambers, Chad Connell, Gavin Fox, John Masters. In names, names, names of people that I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so who's that of Canada, of Canadian film? Right. Uh, so the film, you know, The Retreat, it is about a lesbian couple who is you know traveling out to the woods to be with their uh male gay male couple friends who are getting married they're there to help plan airbnb in the woods whole thing um yeah i i haven't you know been this like reminded of why going out in the middle of nowhere is a bad idea since the rental you know it's like same movie basically uh anyways joe what did you uh think of this our last queer horror pick for 2022's pride queer horror blah blah fright school season <laughs> unit <laughs> um joshua to you i say fuck you <laughs> for making me watch this <laughs> this was new to me so uh we both watched it for the first time uh as like the birds are angry as well <laughs> these they birds are be out there and they're angry um the whole time i'm watching this i was like this is how we're ending our pride month <laughs> <laughs> you know what's scary oh sorry you go ahead first before i get into the politics of it all no literally that's all i have to say because I want to, I want to talk to you about. I want to know what you think about it. Because like I did not enjoy it at all. Like I, I was literally zoning out the entire time because it was just so unrelenting and so violent and just like so blatantly on the nose. I'm like, we get it. These people think that we're degenerates. Like these people think. <laughs> that, like it was very on the nose, and I was like, I'm looking for a little more nuance. <laughs> And um, it could not be found. So, yeah, I explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, I really felt like it was trying to be like a mix of like get out and the hunt. You know, it was kind of like that sort of like, you know, gays in places they don't belong, quote unquote. Again, there are plenty of rural gays, y'all. So like you could tell their stories, too. Um, doesn't have to always be hip urban, you know, people going out into the woods, um, you know, disrupting the locals, um, you know, sashaying away with them. Um, yes. sashaying away with deals. Um, <laughs> I would not pair this with the rental. So I did think about the rental. I, I mostly, I thought like the next time you go on a book retreat, you need to watch this movie and, mm -hmm. Because this, that would really terrify the pants off people. It was just so unrelenting. There was a lot of screaming. It was just not. I also watched this before I went to watch Jurassic World Dominion. And I felt like that was the theme of my evening was like unrelenting screaming. screaming. <laughs> um, unrelenting. But it wasn't noise. gory. This was not as gory as other movies we've watched. I actually no. noticed it was kind of downplayed. You know, it was all kind of a lot of it you imagined. Um, you had the sounds and you know, yes, yeah. yeah. I, um, I think that they did that. I think that was an intentional choice to not show people like queer people be killed, <laughs> um, as opposed to because, right. like, because the, the gore kind of comes later when they're killing the other when they're killing the, true. the perpetrators, but yeah, there's, there's yeah. a certain revenge wish fulfillment there, but absolutely, I, yeah. I would pair this more with the remake of wrong turn. Oh, okay. Cause I think it says more about what we, and again, not knowing anything about the writer, like it says more about like what we as like, um, people who are, uh, people from like 
uh, urban people go into rural areas or, or, you know, undeveloped areas and what that says about us, like, just yeah, but- like, Oh, these, these country folks and like all that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I thought there was a lot of that there and it was, it was interesting to kind of watch the whole thing, but um, yeah. Well, let's see if we can like bake your noodle a little bit with some, some ideas. Um, first of all, I, after watching this and then you look at the news headlines, you know, 30 men arrested in a van who were planning to riot at a pride parade. Um, you know, the bills, like they want to ban children from, you know, seeing drag Queens, which again, when gender is policed, it, they police everybody's gender. So then what does it mean? What does that mean? You know, we talked a little bit about this with trans, like these straight you know, homophobic monsters, they don't see a difference between like a trans woman and a drag queen or, you know, vice versa. If you're like just a woman who wants to have short hair and, you know, wear pants, you know, Mm -hmm. are you in drag now? You know, so it's like, are you trans? Like there's like just allowing all this gender policing to happen harms everyone. Um, You know, again, not that you like, not that we should only move on things because we might, you know, be harmed ourselves. There are reasons to protect, you know, trans people and, and, you know, that's reason enough. Uh, But I just, I, I felt like this film felt very real uh, in, in that sense. Like these, somebody just posted the other day, there was a tweet going viral where it was like, how about we just arrest anybody who attends a pride parade? Like seriously, like this woman seriously was putting that out there. Um, obviously plenty of people want us dead. They talk about it gleefully online, uh, and they do it, uh, in per- So again, there was, there were moments of this that felt very real. I also thought about when I do travel to places, I don't feel safe. You change, you know, you have to, in a way to protect yourself so that stuff like this doesn't happen to you. So there, there was something that felt very palpable. So like the retreat of the title, Gave me a lot to think about, like hunting retreat. Yes, like that's what it is for these guys. They're, they've decided they're going to, you know, hunt queer people and murder them on, you know, Zoom or whatever. Um, a retreat into ourselves, back into the closet. When we go into places we don't feel safe, like when they're in the gas station and the guy's hitting on the one woman and then the other is like, she starts to say, this is my girlfriend. And the other one's like, friend, friend, just a friend. Actually, I'm her aunt. I'm her great aunt. <laughs> you know, it's like a bonkers conversation uh you know so there's like that retreat uh obviously you know the retreat of like we're just going away to plan a you know a weekend away to plan a wedding so i agree with you that there there's i think loftier ambitions with this than happened you know mm-hmm. like i like the idea a lot of the conversation and all, all every article about this Every interview with the cat or, you know, with the the writer and all is like, you know, we're trying to subvert the barrier gaze and dead lesbian, you know, thing. We're trying to subvert that trope by having them, you know, fight back. And again, like you pointed out, the gore is really on them. You know, uh, the, 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 the gore that is shown is of the perpetrators being, you know, attacked by their victims, um, which, again, if you look online, is exactly the same thing. Uh, to uh, a lot of centrist people, a lot of conservative types, uh, you know, um, if you fight back, you're the, you know, you're the bad guy. Um, so I, I just, I, I felt like there was some interesting thing, conversations going on. Of course, the two queer men are murdered and die. Um, and of course, there's a whole conversation happening there about toxic masculinity and, uh, you know, how it does it kill us in a mul- in multitudes of ways. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely, I'm not saying like this was some great film, <laughs> but in watching it, it get, I just said, I mean, it, I was just writing things down, like, you know, dead faggots don't talk. I mean, that is so, like, I mean, there's some shit in here that you're just like, <gasps> um, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, the straight woman being complicit, that that part was kind of funny where the girl's like, oh, I found this woman. Maybe she'll help me. Like, no, she's not going to help you. Um, but again, sometimes we that's a dangerous thing uh, that we've talked about before on the show. It's like straight, you know, straight women, white women often side with oppression because of their own protection, you know, yeah. their own need to be protected. 
uh, quote unquote, again, I'm not saying that like women need to be protected. I'm just saying that sometimes to not disrupt, you know, well, we talked about this before, like gay white men, like in order not to disrupt our own rights, like we've sort of abandoned trans people. Um, and we're not getting in that conversation because it doesn't have anything to do with us, uh, which is wrong, but not the point or kind of the point. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. Uh, you know, it also reminded me of something I posted the other day about like um, the mainstream looks at pride the same way it looks at civil rights, where it's like a struggle that is, has been accomplished in which they were never the villains in you know, um, and not an ongoing struggle in which uh, straight people, white people are still very much uh, the oppressors. Uh, So kind of, it made me think of that, you know, just that like some people, this is still their life. Like they're going to school every day. They're living in this kind of places where they're queer and maybe they love where they live. Maybe they love their hometown. They love people in it, but because of homophobia, you know, um, not that everybody wants to escape to the big city. (laughs) Um, anyways, I don't know. That's a lot of rambling. I just, there were just things in it that touched me, you know, that I was just like, oof, oof, oof. Everything you said, (laughs) I also felt, but I, I did not want to come. I want to watch film and I want want to, to (laughs) uh, well, you know, I, (laughs) that was an interesting way to say, go ahead, go ahead. I did not want to, what what I mean to say is that I did not want to end our like pride month. I was not expecting to end our pride month series on like, Oh, by the way, let's just remind us that like (laughs) that of all of the horror that we actually face on a daily basis. Like, I'm not, I am fully aware of all of that. So it's like, I don't need to see it in the most kind of like violent, aggressive way on film. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just some yeah. people, there are people who it's like, I don't need to watch this brilliant movie about 9-11 because I was in New York in 2001. Right. Like, it's like, I lived it. I don't need to watch it. I, I know a lot. Of, I have several friends who are like that specifically about 9-11. I don't, I mean, like, I've just like, I don't need to do this because it's like, it's also like you said, like when you travel, you do change. Like when you're in public, even like, not even when you travel, even when you're in public in a place that's not familiar with, like you could be in the same County in the same state and you change a little bit because you don't know um, who is around you or, you know, how people are going to react. And it's just, it was, it was unexpected for me because like I was looking for, I was looking for that thing about queer horror where we are, we are um, celebrating the, the, uh, the uniqueness in being queer in, in terms of like, you know, the, we are the monsters and we love it and we revel in it. And in this way, it's like, no, we are literally just trying to exist. And there are people like, it was too much of that reminder for me. And I say that's what made it uncomfortable for me to watch. Um, And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just like, Oh man, like it was, it was, it was a journey that it's like, yes, I understand it's, it's completely valid. It is happening right now, but like, wow, it was, it was rough to get through. Yeah. I just feel like it. Yeah. It just represented a very specific, like queer fear. And if like a, if, if a queer person is going to write a horror film about like the, you know, their, a specific part of their experience. Um, I thought that was interesting. I also thought I, I will give it this. One of the things really missing from this is sexual violence, which I'm glad I'm not saying it needs it, but I was like, Oh, that's something interesting that I feel if a straight person had written this, or if a man had written this, there would have been that element too, you know, cause that ha- obviously we know that happens, um, you know, particularly to like queer women, uh, you know, the sexual violence that's imposed on them um, in these tor- sorts of hate crimes uh, is, is very terrifying, um, but that wasn't here. So, Hey, <laughs> there's, there's one upside. You didn't, we didn't have to sit through anything to, you know, other, I mean, obviously he was like hitting on her, but you know, that like, that's early on. It's not part of the, the violent violence uh, of it. Um, but I, I get, said, I totally get what you're saying. 
I, also I think understand. that it it didn't make sense. Like it didn't make sense in the context of the film because like they are so disgusted by them that right. like the last thing that they would want to do is um is to like have relations or even violate them sexually because it's like, yeah yeah it, yeah. it you know because it is like in their in the in the twisted morality of whatever whatever morality or code they have right. right? It was just so, it was... It's just something we're so used to seeing with yeah. there's men perpetrating violence against women that I kept, like, I was bracing for that. I was like, oh God, any minute one of these guys is going to like do something horrible because you're just so primed to it. But then that that didn't happen. I mean, they were doing other horrible things, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's one thing to get murdered, one thing to also like have all this kind of violence perpetrated on your body. Uh, but go ahead. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, it's uh, I'm I'm finding it difficult to talk about the film because I do not want to talk about it anymore. It's uh, <laughs> it's like I feel like that's this is like a first, you know. Well, because here's the, here's the thing, right? It's like for a queer person to have written this, it's like they are definitely they are wanting to tell a very specific story, and yes, yeah, that's why I wrote very specific. Yeah, <laughs> queer is a very specific story. Like this is this is literally the this is very Grimm's fairy tales that you tell like the young mm. queer kids. It's like, um, right. by the way, don't re- don't forget that. Like, you know, I, I think that there's also like there's also like a class conversation that's also happening here. Right? Oh yeah. In, in the same way that like, um, cause we've talked about this when our folk horror, right. Cause like folk horror is like, you know, white people hurting white people, but like it's, it's a lot of it is also a class conversation. And I think that that's something that we also need to recognize is that what made the retreat uh, less effective than the rental for me is the fact that like, you don't know, like th- that's what makes you don't know who the outside villains are, like, and whereas, like, with these villains in the retreat, like, we know who they are because we have seen their. Some of us have seen faces that have said these terrible things to us, right? That also, um, that also do that also do and say all this all this type of all this type of hatred, um. But it, it, this is like something where it's like, you know, oh, okay, uh, welcome. You've, you've come out now. Um, so we're going to give you three films. This is a film celebrating us. This is a film celebrating our love. And this is a film that's a cautionary tale. And this is very much like, you know, you know, don't get too comfortable. But uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm rambling now too. But like, I want to go back to the no, class conversation. But you're fine. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. So the yeah. class conversation about like, you know, here are these like, you know, these uh, yuppie professional you know, yuppie professional queers that have now absconded to a, uh, well, you know, intentions to, you know, go away and and go to their retreat. Um, Also written, also like the, like uh, the Airbnb, uh, like profile of the hosts, right? It's like, you know, welcome to our retreat. And that's a whole thing. Oh, yeah, that of, was hilarious. Our oasis. Yeah, our oasis. <laughs> and that's a whole thing in and of itself, right? Because yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of like people who live in these um, rural areas or even just like um, uh, areas that are uh, like um, like suburbs and things that like hate people who are Airbnbers, like they, because it's inviting all of this, um, all of these outsiders into what's supposed to be yeah. also their oasis. Right. And, and it's, right, a different, right. it's a different type of colonization. Um, and so for me, it's like, I get it. And, and like, just like the two, the two guys in the beginning, um, I think it's what Connor and Scotty, right. Connor and Scotty. Uh, I think so. Of course I remember the men's names and I barely remember the women's names. What is it? Val and um, Val and um, no, I'm the same. I'm just as bad. I'm terrible with names. Uh, and like, the, hold on. Now I'm looking. Uh, Renee. Val and Renee. Yes. Yeah. Val and Renee. So like they see the truck with the like the like balls hanging from the, the back of oh, the truck and yeah and i'm just like you know there's a certain it, there's certain assumptions that are being made and it's it's gross and it's weird but it's like it's also like it, it's kind of like they i mean 
in the again in the twisted morality of it it's like you thought this you thought this stereotype about these country people and then it turns out you were right because now they hate you and they want you to they want you to die um yeah again this is like a queer eye on like the straight world you know that some that some of us see danger in so again i think the film works I think it works really well and tells its story, you know, for the most part, there are definitely things that I would like to have known more about, you know, Um, it resonated with me only because it's like, I definitely, you know, have been in these situations and it did bring up a lot of that. Like we've talked about before of like, you know, we deepen our voice or we, yep. yep. Uh, I mean, you and I have traveled, you and I have traveled together and we have, uh, we, I mean, we've also traveled most recently to a place that neither of us had ever been to before. And so it was just, it was interesting because like, there are things that we do that are unspoken, but it's very like things that are, we do that we, that are unspoken that are just very like, Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think there's something very real at play here that, that a lot of queer people are very familiar with. And it was just kind of a, again, a, a revenge fantasy, which I, I, I did enjoy that part. I like that, you know, mm-hmm. again, spoiler alert, like always, um, I like that the two women get through it. They get out of it, you know, not totally unscathed, obviously. Um, but they, you know, beat the shit out of these guys and end them and then like stream the one's death over his own like thing. I just, that was delicious and delightful to me. Uh, so there was that aspect of it. It's like, you know what? There we go. That's the pride message that I really think has been through this whole thing. You know, but not so much rope. <laughs> rope is its kind of own thing, but cruising knife plus heart. And then the retreat is no matter how you try to kill us, no matter how you try to stop us from living our lives and being happy and being joyful in our sexuality and in our expression, no matter what you do, you know, you cannot beat this out of us. You cannot murder this out of us. You cannot burn this out of us. We mm-hmm. like queer people have been here forever. We will always be here. And um, we are now more empowered than ever to kick your fucking asses. So yeah. bring it on, <laughs> bring it on. Because we'll we use... here, I'll, I'll rope it back to rope because <laughs> rope did not fit, definitely did not fit into that. But it's like, because we ha- I now Uber mensch, we identify and, right. you know, I mean, we're not going to kill with impunity, uh, but you know, we, no, but more than ever, we're able to fight back and there are huge numbers of us and we're just not going to, you know, take it. Like, I do feel like there is a change happening. Like, you know, Joshua, you just like, like everything you just said now could have been backed by two different songs. You could have done just now <laughs> twisted, twisted sister. We're not going to take it, but like <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, stronger by like Kelly Clarkson. You could have just like, you know, are you feeling Kelly Clarkson or D Snyder at this point? Um, I think D Snyder would probably be a little bit more my, you know, my, yes. my style, but anyways, I do. I think that overall, you know, there was like a hopeful message here, even though I get, I agree. Very unrelenting, very hostile to me. Um, reminded me of hostile, which I don't think we've watched yet on this show. No, um, we haven't next yeah. January for our franchise. <laughs> watch all those hostile movies. I don't know. I'm still really partial to doing more of the nightmare on Elm street ones, but we'll see. We, you know, hopefully we have a few more Januaries to come. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, there was definitely something about it, but again, when things look really bleak and really dark, you know, you gotta like find that inner lesbian. And, you know, mix some chemicals together and make a weapon out of something and like go for it, like get DIY on their asses, you know. Um, (laughs) uh, No, that's homophobic. The the point is, is that like this is why we got to like lesbians and be nice to them, because, you know, again, we need that. Look, hey, you know. This is that this is that AIDS thing we were talking about last time. Like, you know, it's like the guy like the retreat hunters are the virus killing the gay men and the lesbians had to protect them. But but some of the some of the men died anyways, because that's I mean, you know, that's what happened. <laughs> Extrapolating, uh, you know, um, 
uh, subtext from this that does not exist. That's Parts, uh, <laughs> 1,023. You, you, you are really trying to make like an HIV. You love a good HIV subtext, don't you? Like, no, H- it's because of last H- time. Crisis. No, I had to bring it up because when we talked about knife plus heart, I totally disagreed with that. So then I was like, when I was watching this, I was like, somewhere out there is like, you know what this is really about? The AIDS crisis. <laughs> But I, I don't believe that either. But I just, but it is one of those things where, um, you know, I, I just, it, it's like a survival narrative, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, you know, those kinds of movies where it's like you go through this horrible ordeal and you still come out the other side and, uh, you know, you're going to need therapy. Yes, <laughs> but you're going to get through it. You can make it after all. Toss your hat. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Good night. No. <laughs> but Joshua, do we really think that like, those those men, it, it kind of made, hinted that maybe those men were part of the watchers of the stream. Oh, I think there definitely is more. They could make a sequel to this. That It's like um, Hostel 2. Again, not to like, it's not really a spoil, um, you know, but there's a whole network at work here, mm-hmm. you know, in those movies in order to like buy and sell humans in order to murder them. Like that's, you know, there's a thing. So yeah, I do wonder there has to be a concerted effort I was really curious at first. I was wondering, did they did they own the Airbnb and attract people there? But then I saw the dead, you know, they the dead bodies of the owners. So that left a lot of questions too. I'm like, how are you just gonna murder people? Like Airbnb? I don't know. I was I'm very you know kind of confused by that kind of stuff. But if they do a part two, they can explore you know the bigger the wider net here, mm-hmm. um, which again I do think could be interesting because this is not you know again like straight people, white people. You know, often think racism is about small, tiny, isolated incidents, you know, homophobia. It's about, oh, those the fucking, you know, backwards dudes, which, again, these guys weren't like that either. The one dude seemed like he was coming there like to do to participate in this, you know. So, again, it's not even necessarily just like, oh, rednecks are violent, you know, homophobes. It's like clean cut dudes and suits are also, you know, coming to participate in this, like the hunt, you know, yeah. again, that kind of echoes the hunt a little bit more, um, you know, but, but this is a vast systemic network and there are t- tiny ways every day that people contribute to oppression. All of us do again, ec- ethical consumption under capitalism being what it is, uh, mm-hmm. a non-existent, um, you know, I, th- you know, there's a lot of conversation. Uh, to have um, about, about, you know, how, how these things stay upheld, you know, they, it couldn't exist on, like we couldn't be in courts, you know, talking about whether or not certain people have the rights to use a bathroom or whether women have rights to their bodies or blah, blah. If it was like just a few bad apples, you know? So anyways, I'm sorry to have depressed you with the film. Again, I had not seen it before. This is my first watch as well. I saw a lot of hope in it, even though it was kind of dark. And I, it just reminded me of those narratives that, you know, they have tried and will continue to try to kill us, dim our lights, make us hide our lights under a bushel. No, we're going to let it shine. That's what we're going to do. Under a bushel? Whatever that song is. Isn't that what they say? Hide your light under a bushel. I don't know. It's from church <laughs> a million years ago. I'm subverting church stuff, (laughs) you know, to take my light, my candle and burn your shit down. If you're going to keep fucking with me, that's what this film's about. This little light of mine, (laughs) I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Come on, Joshua. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And if it doesn't, it's going to burn your shit down. (laughs) Yes, I love it. All right. Happy Pride Month. I hope that if you're listening to this, you had fun. Um, If you're a queer person, hope you had lots of good fun and lots of affirmations of your identity and your right Mm -hmm. to exist. And if you're an ally, um, thank you as well. You're helping tear down those walls. Challenge your friends. Don't let them get away with homophobic stuff. Um, Unless I guess they're us. (laughs) Internalized (laughs) internalized homophobia. No, don't put that out there. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, But we got a challenge in all its forms, Joe. Anyways, uh, yay. And now I'm off to to jolly old England, London, Londres. (laughs) You're doing laundry? What? Londres, Angleterre, Angleterre. Um, 
Never mind. I'm just, English um, country, lo- English land, Lungo. It's uh, ab fab, absolutely fabulous, oh. which you've never seen. We're going to do that eventually someday. Uh, yeah. So thank you for listening to this. And uh, what's going on over on? Oh, yeah. You can check out, obviously, you know, check out our Patreon to watch this. I think we also have, as of this recording, there should be a new uh, After Fright School special. Super fun. Uh, uh, in and out is what we're doing this week. So, you know, you want to, you definitely want to see that Joe is torturing me with uh super fun movies. Let me oh, tell yeah. you. Uh, all right, Joe. Well, I adore thee and I will see you very soon. Good night. <laughs> I adore thee as well. Bye-bye. <laughs> Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.